It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jaco and Craig Forsythe taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flyers Forecast. I'm Steve Jaco. This is Craig Forsythe and we are talking about the Flyers week ahead for the week of February 8th. And what a week ahead it is for the Philadelphia Flyers. I am reaping what I sowed for last week <laughs> when I mocked the New Jersey Devils for their n- just insane number of COVID-19 cases. That insane no- number of COVID-19 cases has bled over into this week where the Flyers were supposed to play the Devils for two days and they are not. Folks, the Flyers have a whopping two games this week <laughs> instead of the one, two, three. Yeah, that's how math works. Four games yeah. they were supposed yeah. to have. I can do math. I understand how basic addition works. So instead of playing the Caps, Devils, and Rangers, they are just going to play the Capitals and the Rangers. So Tuesday night, they play the Capitals in Washington, D.C., the home of the... Uh, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? 6 p.m. on NBCSN. 6 p.m. 6 p.m but I checked multiple times, 6 p.m., that is not a typo. So 6 p.m. tomorrow, folks. Don't How? Don't miss it. How about that? Yeah. 6 p.m., make sure you get home quick from your commute to, from your couch to your couch. The other room? In the, yeah, I was going <laughs> to... Your, your telecommute, make sure you get to the kitchen on time to start up the dinner. And then... It's important. You know, I actually might have to start work on an early time, so I, I'm not distracted by work while I'm trying to watch I have hockey. a... I'm not kidding. I I will absolutely forget about this until about five thirty, and then start rushing around right before the game. So I'm uh, I'm excited we're doing this now. So hopefully there's a chance I remember. But I like why why at six p.m. There's it's the first week of February. Is there anything major going on? We're all still inside. Why why is it at seven? Why is it six instead of seven? I don't we should it. just have an all channel alert in the Slack at five thirty, saying reminder <laughs> the Flyers play in a half hour. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that. Yeah. Well, everybody else is also, you know, again. Flyers about to play at Channel. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your service. Uh, So Flyers, Capitals, 6 p.m. game. Try not to forget that. Hopefully you can listen to this before that happens. It's it's just going to sneak up on you. I know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then they play the Rangers on, that's right, Sunday. They play the Rangers again at 6 p.m. How about that? Couldn't do another after, afternoon game. Like, it was really nice playing that noon game against the Washington Capitals. Yeah, it was uh, pretty. Yeah. It worked oh, out pretty well, too. They seemed to like the scoring. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't like the whole playing defense thing. I don't know what time of day they had to wake up and play hockey for that to happen. But they scored seven hockey, goals. Baby. That was the most casual seven goals. Like, that didn't feel like a game the Flyers scored seven goals in. I had a buddy who forgot the Flyers were playing at noon that day. <laughs> And he found out, I told him, like, I texted him at the end of the game. I was like, man, what a barn burner or something like that. And he's like, wait, what? He's <laughs> just like, the fuck? Are you, this Super Bowl's not on yet. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he was so mad later in the night because he had missed the Flyers game, but he had watched the Super Bowl. And the Super mm. Bowl was horrible. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the that was a terrible trade-off i if i could go back in time and i could only watch one of those it would have been the flyers game because uh, absolutely who gives a shit about tom brady and antonio brown winning a super bowl no that <laughs> just, sounds no that's there just, go. it's no good <laughs> yeah all right 
So Flyers, 6 p.m. NBCSN against the Capitals on Tuesday, 6 p.m. NBCSN again, Philly, local one, local one. You get JJ? Thank God. No, thank God. Against the New York Rangers. No Devils. The Devils, have they have an outbreak going, and it's bad. Like, it's very bad across the NHL. And yeah, it's pretty I, bad. I did not keep up. Uh, I don't have the details of today's news, but I'm pretty sure seven more games got canceled, including the the two of the Flyers ones between the Devils this week. And uh, I think it's the Devils, Wild, Sabres, and Golden Knights, I believe, right at this point in time have their schedule shut down and aren't playing games until a certain date. Or at least that was coming in, you know, into this weekend. Uh, I'm not quite sure if they extended. They must have canceled more games for, like, the Wild and the, and the Sabres, too, and everybody if uh, more they games were canceled quite today. A bit. Yeah, it's it's... It's pretty wild stuff trying to keep up with the schedule right now. It is. Yeah, like we'll what did you say? This is the it. third iteration of the schedule you've gone through yeah. for yeah, this making was the notes like for the when show. They, right. When they came into, yeah, yeah, for this, me doing the outline too, which was only a couple days ago. So a couple days ago, coming into the season, it was just going to be Tuesday's game against the Caps and then the back-to-back on Thursday and Saturday against the Devils. And then Rangers had to move games around. They tacked on that game. Moved up the game. It was supposed to be on the 16th to the 14th, which is Sunday. So they made a four-game week for the Flyers, and then the Devils backed out. So I feel like it's just going to be – this is not going to be the only week this year they probably play musical chairs with the uh, the games. Like, they're, it's probably going to happen again down the line. Oh, it's it's definitely not the last time this is going to happen. This yeah, is, and I think Bill Guerin this had, is like, the real season. negative like, news this, today. He was like, yeah, our guys are still getting it, and I don't know if it's slowing down. He was like, I think it's still spreading through our team. Jesus. So, it's just yeah. terrible. And, and no, it's not good. I know yeah. the NHL has worked on a, a number of different ways to try and combat this, and hopefully they can get some guys vaccinated soon. That'll that'll help with that. It's, it's a long road ahead. So while the New Jersey Devils have a number of cases on their team, which will keep them from playing this week, Mm-hmm. I understand the Flyers had a little bit of a scare on their team as well. Yeah. Apparently, Travis Sanheim was not in the game on Sunday because of COVID protocol. And uh, the rest of the Flyers and coaches have all tested negative since I think, I believe they had to do rapid testing Sunday morning and then make sure all the tests were negative so they can play in the game. And, uh, and now Sanheim is. At- 6.15, they got 6.15, a, I think is what like I saw. Urgent yeah. text messages or calls <laughs> saying, you guys better get the hell out. I, I think I saw a quote from Konechny saying, that's the earliest I've ever gotten. Yeah, I think that's what Charlie said, yeah. Which is yeah. like, <laughs> which I, I'd say, I mean, I'm not getting out that early ever. Even for work, I'm just showing up late to work. I don't need to get out that early for anything. So <laughs> hockey, forget it. Yeah, so apparently, and Sanheim is in, uh, he does not have, covid but it's believed he was still you know exposed to it so he has to be in COVID protocol for seven days to 10 days i believe is what the i don't, I don't even know what the protocol is for COVID right now i think it's a week uh that's what the rule that's what the rules were at the beginning of the season when players are coming back but i'm pretty sure they just have to stay in COVID protocol for a week yeah the, the detection guidelines aren't as as long as they were earlier okay. in the pandemic. Uh, Cause at the, at the yeah. beginning of the pandemic, it was a full two weeks. And I think you can detect it within seven to 10 days. Now I might sound like a complete idiot and asshole right now, but that well, is just I my mean, understanding. Yeah. This, well, I, the way I'm going to put it is just, I think he's going to miss five games total. So including yesterday's, I think he's, 
well, now he's going to miss three games total, actually. So, um, missed yesterday's against the Caps. I think he's going to miss Tuesday's. And I think he misses Sunday against the Rangers. And then he should be back for the end of that back-to-back, which is uh, Thursday against the Rangers again. So, I think next Thursday he'll be back. I didn't see anything else that said he should be back sooner or later. So, uh, that's what I'm going with. I haven't really seen an update beyond that. And hopefully everything is okay with Travis Sanheim. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, you want any player on this team to, and anybody in general, just to, to not get this yeah. if possible. And I it, just to speak from a purely selfish hockey standpoint, Travis Sanheim is a very, very important member of this team, a cornerstone yeah. of this defense. And again, just speaking from a callous hockey perspective, he's definitely not a guy you want missing from your lineup for an extended period of time. No, not at all. And again, on the the hockey level uh this sucks for the flyers because again lawson niskanen the one true pair you knew could lean on coming in this year was sandheim and myers and they haven't really been able to utilize that for a bunch of weeks now uh they got the user for three games uh the two games against the islanders and then the game against the caps i think no, they didn't even get to use it then because Sandheim was out. But Myers yeah. and Sandheim played together for three games, and then now Sandheim's been out, even though Myers is back now. Uh, so again, the defense is still going to be—it's still going to be sloppy and not fun to watch in the Flyers' own zone. Uh, and hopefully, they can keep doing this thing where they get doubled up in shots. Uh, it doesn't look pretty, but they end up scoring a boatload of goals and winning. Like I, I don't—I I feel like we've seen that Sunday game it. a bunch of times this year. Like it doesn't make sense. That didn't. It did not feel like they were on the verge of just breaking out seven goals. Carter Hart was let, hung out the dry a bunch of times, um, and they let a Vetchkin cook. Uh, Vetchkin had four poor, points, so like <laughs> Poor Phil yeah. Myers coming back into the lineup oh my God, and then yeah. having to deal with that filthy Ovechkin move that he pulled on him. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Ovechkin completely undressed Myers at one point. With, I, and it was, it's hard to be it mad at Myers because it was just a great move from Ovechkin, but it just sucks for the kid. It was rough. It's just rough. It was so going through the pairs yesterday, like it was pretty rough. Myers on the top pair, uh, and like Steve was saying, uh, Vechkin did score, and I, I'll give Myers the benefit of the doubt. It is a Vechkin, and also he may have been a little rusty, and um, but that that it was still pretty bad. But also, I don't know why nobody. I mean, a Vechkin centered that pass to Tom Wilson, but. Limblom, Patrick, and uh, Provorov were all in the crease, and nobody got a sticker body on Wilson. So maybe they were all mesmerized by the move, too, but somebody's <laughs> got to do something in front to help out Myers after uh, he got bedazzled right there. But Provorov, Myers stepped in um, on the top pair uh, with Provorov, and they had uh, 40 cores of 4% yesterday against the Caps. Uh, out of 18 shots that they saw on the ice at 5-5 five and five together, the Flyers had six of them, so... Not great. Um, 26.12 expected goals, 4%. And they also did produce a goal uh, as the most used pair. Ideally, like, these are going to be the three pairs uh, on Tuesday. It's going to be Proveroff, Myers, Gossespierre, Braun, and then Hag Gustafson. And the top pair didn't do great. The bottom pair actually did okay in terms of just at least staying in play. So Gossespierre and Braun uh, had a 56 scores and 4 percentage. Had four of the 11 shots while they were on the ice, so that's not great either. But 53 expected goals, four percentage, and one to one in terms of uh, goals scored and goals against. And then Hag Gustafson uh, also broke 50 Corsi, four percentage, 
uh, and they, they they had a pretty bad day. Actually, they had a thirty one point forty one expected goals four percentage and uh, had a goal against. Hag did have that pretty good shot though. I will hey, give he him had a that. bazooka of a shot he, goal. Yeah, that... the, evidently Gus was not on the ice for because he didn't get credit. But uh, power yeah, play that was, one. That was her. Power play one. Robert <laughs> Hag body bag Hag coming out and oh my just God. proving that he is. You know, if they overran that, that the Hag at the top of the umbrella with. Giroux, Couturier, Voracek, and Konecki would he would get like two assists on the first night he was on the power play, and then oh, never yeah. come off. It would be yeah. terrible. It would be the worst yeah, thing. It'd be absolutely horrible. <laughs> Is this actually the best performance we've had from Ghost and Braun together? Because when they were together in the playoffs, they were abysmal. Looking at just the Corsi numbers, I think that looks higher than what they were doing last. In the playoffs, it definitely was. Last year in the playoffs was. A I'll be honest. If they're if they're doing better than they were in the playoffs last year, that's a step yeah. in the right direction. Yeah, I mean the thing, the the whole thing is, uh, I mean you can't do it now because Sandheim's out. I think Sandheim and Braun had a lot better consistent numbers. So ideally, whenever Sandheim's back, well, whenever Sandheim's back, you get Sandheim and Myers. But uh, like, just this is not. I don't know how I feel about Ghost Braun. Again, this is now. I, I'm fine moving Ghost now we're back, back to up the two with Provorov, and yeah. uh, and once once it gets to that point, but the bottom pairing is it's just a problem right it's now. Problem. I, you just there's not a good solution because Robert Hag and and Ghost, Justin Braun Ghost are just yeah. they're no good together. I mean, no. they they will somehow they will survive. A lot of the time, but it's never, yeah. ever pretty and often very worrisome. Hag and Gustafson are awful together because <laughs> yeah. Gustafson just doesn't play defense. Hag apparently is starting, you know, he explored a little bit of offense yesterday. To the very very it out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hell of a shot. I'll give him that. I think he snapped the 32-game goal drought. I think it was the number I came across for the recap. The casual viewer might even be fooled into thinking that he's good on offense. Do you remember? Actually, it was the last time he got a goal, I remember because it pissed me off, because he got a power play goal. <laughs> Speaking of, I think it was a power play goal against the Panthers in like a 6-2 win, and he scored at the end of the game. And it was during that Hag-Braun phase where they were just getting pummeled on shots like 100 to 1 every game, but somehow didn't give up a goal against, so... They would, al- yeah. they would always get massively killed in driving play and then always end up with like a goal for and nothing against. It just it blew my mind last year. So if they're able to do that again, I'll, you know, I'll go through the... Uh... You'll eat a shoe. Craig Forrest yeah, said it here, folks. Say, I'll, 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 watch, I'll let the heart pump a, a little shoe. and get uh, angry. And, uh, and then no, I, I, would never, like... I would never hold you to eat something unreasonable like a shoe. Just maybe something that's just not, doesn't taste good. Hey, when am I getting my five bucks? Oh wait, wait, am no, I, no, I'm you owe me bucks. five bucks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Damn, I almost folded off on it. I almost got it. Come on. Was, eh, almost. Come on. So, Craig, that's what we're looking at as far as some of the defensive pairings today. What did the lines look like today? That the in practice, what are they going to look like for this week potentially? Yeah. So the lines should look the same. Or no, they shouldn't actually, because Couturier <laughs> should move up. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking. It's the same personnel. But Having Couturier, Couturier back is that is yeah. a huge deal. It is going to Sean make it Couturier weird. is back, folks. In case you did miss that Sunday game with the noon start, it, it's understandable. It's understandable. Yeah. It's an easy one to miss, but thank God Sean Couturier is back, the best player on this team. Now I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm not saying I want to, but based off of connecting being benched, uh, I think. I think we might, maybe Patrick gets benched on Wednesday. I'm not sure. 
and I don't even know if it's on AV's radar or if anybody's talking about Patrick right now, but I'm only throwing this out there because Katori did come back. One of the Flyers' better lines of 5-on-5 five five right now has been JVR, Lawton, and Farabee uh, because that line has produced back-to-back uh, -back hat tricks or two hat tricks in a four-game span. So that line should stay together, and JVR is also your highest point producer. JVR is just killing I don't think you can break right that line now. out. He's been unbelievable. Lawton had a hat trick, which I I can't believe we're talking about this. The fact that Scott Lawton yeah. had a hat trick. <laughs> yeah. He was he was awesome though. He was he almost had four goals because he had that that disappearing puck early in the game. Yeah, with that open now, net, and then Farabee, man. I mean, Farabee had that under the radar three point game because he had three assists yesterday. But I mean, Farabee's been everywhere, and that line is just clicking right now. So you keep that line together. Then you also have Katori and Hayes centering lines with, uh, it's either Drew Hayes connect me or Drew Katori connect me. And then I think it's going to be Limblom Hayes Voracek or Limblom Katori Voracek. And then you have the third line of JVR Lawton Farabee, and that leaves you Raffle and NAK with the center. And I don't know if Raffle, Patrick, and NAK make sense as a fourth line. Slash, I don't know if it's a fourth line AV is going to want to use the entire game. And if that's the case, the dude loves going 11 forwards and seven defensemen. And if you don't have Sandheim, you might be working with the extra defensemen instead. So that's, you know, I don't that's where I'm coming from. That here, just because you could then throw Gustafson on for pretty much just power play duty. Yep. Yeah. Not that, that anything's too. working on the power play, no. but that's the one and place also, where Gustafson's any good. Yeah. And also, I will never in my life make a case for going 11 and 7 so Gus can get to the lineup. But that is, if it were to happen, I think a game where you can't have Sandheim and you're getting Katoria back and the you don't want to break up the. Like, it's really just JVR Lawton and Farabee playing really well because, what was it? Wimbledon, Patrick, and Voracek yesterday. I put down the. Um, they got murdered yesterday at uh, Eamon Strength. 26.32 uh, Corsi 4 percentage. They were on the ice for um, 10 total shots at 5-5. Five and five. The Flyers only had one of those 10 shots at 5-5. Five and 17.37 five. expected goals, 4 percentage, and they're on the ice for two goals against at 5-5. Five and five. So that line, change any of those three names, that line is not playing good enough. Like, that line just got its ass handed to it. And I don't, like, yeah, like, I don't see Patrick dropping out to the fourth line. Patrick, who has zero points and three shots on goal over his last six games, and that was for, like, that was a similar stat line to what people were pointing out with when connecting got benched. I don't think it does happen. I'm just saying it is kind of leading towards that. Connecting was more, we kind of, we could have seen that coming beforehand because AV said something about Marin, you know, the forward group, not having a ton of toughness and adding Marin to that brings another dimension and mentioned that whole Islander series. And then, you know, he got scratched for the Islanders game, but I just couldn't just fathom Marin yeah. going in for Konechny of all people. I, yeah. I, I mean, again, I I guess I get it on a level. But I, I, I hear you on Patrick, and I also wonder if it might be good to just give him a little bit more of an extended break because he is coming back and playing hockey for the first time consistently. Yeah, and this would be, yeah. For the first time in a while. So it, 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 he could use a little break, maybe get things together and, and come back strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point to even think of because, yeah, that, then he would have pretty much a week off to just kind of get things together. But he could just, AV could roll with Limbaugh, Patrick, and Voracek again, and they could drop down Lawton. It could be Ralph Lawton, NAK. And then you have, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be, 
No, see, I don't want to keep Limbaugh and Patrick Voracek. I think it would be JVR Patrick Farabee if he did move Lawton off that line. And then uh, probably Drew, Katoria, Konechny, Limblom, Hayes, Voracek. Although Limblom, Katoria, Voracek would also be a pretty... You, you want to get Katoria back up there. I mean, he was slated on the fourth line and then started working more minutes towards the end of that game. So, And he's not going to be on the fourth line again. Potted a couple goals late in the game. Yeah, yeah, game winner. One of the more impressive empty netters I've seen, too. Because anytime yeah, you can score the empty yeah. netter from your own end, dead center, no chance of it going for icing. Like, I yeah. I couldn't believe how perfect of a shot that was from his own end. That was Couturier, man, like, he comes back in, and he just immediately makes so much of a difference. I know the defense wasn't that impressive in that game, but every right. time Couturier was touching the puck, he was a difference maker. Every time he was out there, he was a difference maker. You got to get Sean Couturier back in the top six. Three-point game with two goals on two shots, including the game winner, 1540, uh, 15.54 of action. Spent time on lines with uh, Ralph on NAK, as well as Ralph on Voracek. Each line scored a goal and did not allow a goal against. So, like, yeah, whenever he's on the ice, he is. It, it's not, it really, there's probably some level of exaggeration when we talk about how big of an impact Couturier makes on the team. Well, for fuck's sake, it's a huge impact. It's a huge impact. I, I think it's around. a very little exaggeration. Like, yeah, I, it's not. I it's, pump the guy's yeah, tires a lot, very, but yeah. there's not that much it's, pumping to do. There should be there should be massive changes in the way the team is able to drive play. Not like they're going to become the, you know, they're going to jam the puck down everybody's throats now. But they shouldn't be one of the worst teams in the league in terms of generating offense at five on five, or in, you know, in the bottom five or six in terms of defending. Tory coming back should definitely flip a lot of those numbers. There is one man out there who is playing chess while the rest of them are playing checkers. <laughs> That's right, Dave Sean well, Couturier. It's the Coots Gambit, baby. Let's go. Uh, let's go. I'm going to run through some of the other numbers from you, Sunday's win because we need to go through all the advanced stats. We just played the Caps on Sunday. You guys yeah, know. I think I think it's all now. very so relevant let's go right through. now. Yeah, let's go through. Uh, so, Aveshkan had a four-point game, two goals, two assists, four shots on goal. On Sunday, like Steve mentioned, he walked uh, Myers. He's now up to five points in his last two games for the Caps. Uh, just a, and he had, just, he's just a monster. He's a monster. He'll always be a monster until the day he retires. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He, he's one of the best I've ever seen. Like, he's just so good. Like, even the first goal against Carter Hart, you want to blame Carter Hart for not stopping it. But, it I was, mean, he's just got such a powerful it's, shot. It's yeah, hard it's from to his stop. Uh, yeah, I mean, like. There's the Veshkin on the power play from the top of the circle. I'm not putting on that hard. We've fucking we've watched we've seen this bedtime story before. He's been doing this for 15 years now. Like nobody stops that. It's just <laughs> he just gets that spot. It happens. Uh, Veshkin. Speaking of that stopping though, Veshkin had zero points and 12 shots in goal in a total of five games against the Flyers last year. Made sure that didn't happen again on Sunday. And I really think that's a big factor. Uh, you look at the games last year. It was a I think it was a two to one shootout loss, and then a three to two win. Uh, blasted him in DC seven to two. Blasted him in DC five to two. Put on a clinic in the three to one round robin game. All those games, the Caps could not produce, and big surprise is because they made Ovechkin non-existent. Now it's a lot easier said than done, uh, but we'll see how he does on Tuesday. Uh, but again, last year's system that AV implemented the uh, one two two soon. To maybe throw Ovechkin off his game more than uh, whatever the hell's been going on now. Again, also, you know, no Sandheim and the defense does look like ass this year, but 
alas. Uh, Tom Wilson had four points as well. He had one goal and three helpers. Uh, and then Lars Eller, who returned to the lineup, had an assist. I thought this was worth pointing out because the Caps, right now with all the uh, the COVID situation going on with their team, uh, and just, I guess, in general, surprise, they don't have a ton of scoring depth. So uh, after Sunday's game, uh, Nick Backstrom leads the team with six goals and 17 points. Backstrom, Ovechkin with five, Wilson with five, Carlson with four, and Verona with three are the only Caps that have more than two goals on the season. So they only have five guys that have scored more than twice so far. And that which sounds is not, right. Yeah, which is not not great. And then also but looking it sounds at right. Sunday's... <laughs> like, yeah, it, it sounds like sounds the Washington right. Capitals to yeah. me. The, the Washington Capitals and the, the Pittsburgh Penguins are, are very similar in that regard, except the Caps have a couple more guys who produce on their depth besides just Crosby and Malkin and, I guess, Gensel for the Penguins. Yeah. That brings me to this point, though, that in terms of tomorrow's matchup, there's one unit you really have to focus on. And in that 7-4 game on Sunday, Caps had four goals, um, and only four players had points. So Ovechkin, Backstrom, Wilson, and Eller were the only four Capitals to produce points for the uh, produce uh, points on Sunday, and it was only four players. So it's the top line, and then Eller, who only had the secondary assist on the opening power play goal. So if you just focus on Ovechkin, Backstrom, and Wilson, and shut them down, the Caps are might be a little hard pressed to produce offense right now. Even with the way the Flyers have been, if you're able to throw Proveroff or Myers over the board, and maybe I mean. I don't want to say the fourth line because I, I don't think uh, Bunneman, uh, like, I don't think the Bunneman Patrick swap is going to happen or the 11 7 thing is going to happen. But uh, maybe let JVR uh, Lawton and, and Farabee have a run on him. I don't know. I mean, JVR Lawton and Farabee have been playing pretty well. Uh, and you could just go with who's hot against their top line and hopefully they cancel out. And then you hope the rest of the top six does something. But power play, yeah, cast power play went one for one. Ovechkin on the power play. We were just talking about that. And the uh, peak power play went 0 for 4 for the Flyers. So they had four opportunities and could not produce. Yeah. So special teams, you know, that was another thing. Special teams didn't go the Flyers' way either, and they still managed to win. Uh, that cap, so I said that on the, the forecast, is they're not drawing a lot of penalties, but apparently they're going to score on every power play they get. So Sunday, they, they were 1 Ovechkin. for 1. That's, <laughs> yeah, they, that's what they, they have Carlson and they have Ovechkin. Like, they, they just yeah. have such superior guys on the power yeah. play. And I'm not saying superior to the Flyers, per se, but just, like, Ovechkin is I a think... power play machine. He's, yeah, like, he's... prolific on the power play. He might have the... He might have the most dangerous trait that's been used on the power play in history, if that makes sense. I don't know if he's the best power play player ever, but I don't think anybody is going to have something like his slap shot or snapshot on the power play from like for a while. That thing it's absurd. It's yeah, it's just plain nice. absurd. And Carlson's one of the top scoring defensemen in the league consistently mm-hmm. over the past few years. And I mean, that's as far as quarterbacking a power play goes, that's a guy I definitely want back there. Yeah. Uh, and that's just going to be, that seems to be something that's going on with the Caps and their game script this year is they have been gaining a lot less power plays than they have been handing out. So the Flyers have to make, you know, if you're not going to be able to dictate play as much as you want on five and five, because you're rolling with Ghost and Braun as your second pair, you're going to have to make hay on special teams. So got to just keep the Caps off the power play and keep them off the scoreboard on the power play and then actually, you know, do something on the power play very basic things but like these this is what they kind of have to do again on tuesday because i mean sunday was just 
Someone who was real sloppy. Uh, 45.36 expected goals for percentage uh, overall. But the third period, they did control play. Uh, they had above a 65 expected goals for percentage. Uh, looking at some of the... Uh, Lavillette was able to get Ovechkin back from Wilson out there against Limblom patching a forward check. That's why the numbers look so bad. So, again, if you're AV, that's another reason not to bench Patrick, but just you can't have that be a line because that's exactly what... You know, you're still in D.C. Lavillette's just going to try and bully that same matchup for the caps uh they are gonna be without or they could have returning Ilya samsonov evgeny kuznetsov and justin schultz um it's not guaranteed they're gonna be back tuesday but they'll be back soon according to samantha pell of the washington post uh, she's a washington post caps beat writer uh you know both players uh Samsonov and Kuznetsov, along with Orlov and Ovechkin, were in COVID protocol for a while uh, as they violated COVID protocol rules. Um, and both players returned to the ice today. Uh, Samsonov uh, is... I, he has not ruled, been ruled out for Tuesday, but uh, it's unlikely he's going to play, and the Kuznetsov is now considered day-to-day. So both could play on Tuesday, but it sounds like more likely than not, neither will be making their return. Uh, against the Flyers and uh, for Justin Schultz. Uh, he took practice, took part in practice today. Uh, he hasn't played since he took the uh, puck to the face on January 28th. So if he comes back, he'll be wearing, uh, I think he's wearing a full shield and that'll be going to help the Cavs because they got a couple injuries on the blue line. Yeah, Kuznetsov and Samsonov apparently. Uh, I just wanted to talk about this because there was a when the cat when it was announced the Cavs were getting fined for breaking COVID protocol and everything, there seemed to be some reaction. I was like, "Well, that seems a little harsh." And then, um, turns out both Samsonov and Kuznetsov ended up getting COVID. Um, and uh, according to the Athletics, Tariq El Bashir, uh, Samsonov said via an interpreter that he had trouble breathing and walking while battling COVID. And then uh, apparently Kuznetsov said, "I'm just happy I'm alive today, and to be able to practice with the team is just a big step for me." Um, and, uh, it was his first day on, t- uh, the guys with the team feeling better and he had to get his heart checked out as well. So, Jesus. you know, pro athletes and, uh, one's having trouble breathing a walk and the other one's getting their heart checked out because of COVID. And this was after they, you know, after what was supposed to be an innocent, you know, breaking the rules of COVID protocol or whatever. And people, oh, some people just part in each deal. other's rooms. Yeah, that's not a big deal. And it turns out uh, some serious shit. So, again, this is... I'm only saying that, too, because for Wear some reason... your mask. That, most importantly. And also, like, there has to be a serious conversation about possibly just shutting down the league right now for another break from COVID. And uh, Listen, I the NFL don't think it's just happening. finished yeah. the Super Bowl with <laughs> a quarterback winning his seventh championship, and the MVP trophy, who refuses to ever be seen publicly wearing a mask. So it's fine. Yeah, that it's is fine. A, that is a little weird. Folks, it is a very serious thing. The NHL should consider delaying or something like that, but they will not because all the sports leagues are just determined to keep moving forward. And in some cases, they're talking about bringing fans back. It's insanity to me. Absolute insanity. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty nice. And speaking of bringing stuff back, hopefully for the Caps, we'll be able to uh, bring these players back kind of soon. It's not going to happen on Tuesday. Uh, both players, both TJ soon, but and not Jacob Verona. Yes. Like take take your time. Take take a couple extra days and, you know. Just... Also, hashtag soon, not soon. 
Cole Beasley shout out in a way. I don't know. That's that's okay. from his next album. Yeah. <laughs> so TJ Oshie and uh, Jacob Rana both missed Sunday's game, and it sounds like they're likely after Tuesday. Oshie, contagious case of UBI, is day to day, has seven points, two of which are goals in 11 games this season, and Verana is still in COVID protocol, uh, and he has eight points, three of which are goals in 11 games this season. So with all of that information about the caps out of the way, this is what the lines were at practice today via uh, El Bashir. Ovechkin back from Wilson on the top line, of course. Uh, Haglin, Carl Haglin, Nick Dowd, Garnet Hathaway as the second line, which, uh, okay. Uh, Connor Sheary, uh, Lars Eller, Daniel Carr as the third, and then Richard Ponick, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Daniel Sprong as the uh, fourth line. And uh, Kuznetsov is going to be coming in for Philip Millay, an undrafted 28-year-old forward who had one shot and goal and eight O two Tom and Ice in an NHL debut on the fourth line. Uh, so they're Laviolette's going to mix up the uh, the bottom six for the Caps tomorrow, and it's going to be um, Sherry Eller and Carr instead of Sherry Malat and um, Sprong, who uh, did pretty well yesterday in limited times, uh, but uh, Ponick, uh, Eller, and Carr did not. So because that tough comeback is going to be a huge boost for them. Obviously uh, on defense, it was Charles Carlson who did pretty well on Sunday. Uh, Saw 16 5 and 5 shots. The Caps had 12 of those. Uh, even in goals, 79.65 expected goals, 4 percentage. They call them Charlson. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's right. Let's get that going. Uh, Dillon TVR is the second pair. He did pretty well on Sunday also. And then uh, third pair is Dmitry Orloff and Nick Jensen. Unfortunately for TVR, though, his brother won the battle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They, they, that is true. The Flyers do get the claim rights to the, uh, the JVR family now that uh, TVR is... I guess in DC, I don't know. The, I, the Flyers won the, the VR uh... war on that day. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I think, is there another Van Riemsdyk family going on, or is it just those two uh, putzes that? Uh, uh, I think it's just Sparky those two. Van Riemsdyk, yeah. Sparky, Sparky Van Riemsdyk, the, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's the third Manning uh, brother? Spencer, Spencer Van Riemsdyk. Coop, poor Cooper. I mean, you know, you just Cooper. you know you're the bum one in that group. Oh, it's Cooper. I see. I see. It's just that forgettable. Uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, Flyers supposed to have two more games. Instead, they'll have a five-day break when they take on the Rangers on Sunday. Who uh, wow. the Rangers? Uh, seventh in the division, the Mass Mutual East Division at the moment at four four two. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot we're calling it that. Ten points. Yeah, I'd like to mention it as much as possible because I know you forgot. <laughs> uh, and a plus You're one big fan of Ma- Mass Mutual, as we know. You use all I their love- various financial products. I love advertising, and I love uh, yeah. That's all. That's what I'm a big fan of. Any any time they can get logos and uh, emblems on the jerseys and the ice, um, I'm for it. So that's all I say. Mass Mutual. <laughs> yeah, the blue cross. Independence Blue Cross goal that just happened. <laughs> uh, the three teams in the Flyers division have a plus goal differential, including the Flyers and Bruins at the top. Uh, Rangers are the third team. They are plus one. The Penguins. Have the worst goal differential in the division right now at minus eight. Five, five, one, one, minus eight. So, uh, Rangers have. Uh, tragic. Yeah. They're a real shame. I'm crying. Uh, Rangers have also won two straight and three of their last four and have earned points in four straight games. Uh, in terms of production and driving play, they are 17 in the goals per game, 11th in goals against per game. Uh, power play is tied for 23rd, 12th ranked PK, middle of the pack in terms of Corsi four percentage, both in generating and preventing and then middle of the pack in terms of expected goals four percentage uh, at 18th overall 
and uh, same in terms of generating and suppressing shots. So the the Rangers in general, uh, not bleeding as much defensively, not as hilariously bad as last year as it comes to uh, just, you know, allowing the floodgates to open in front of Lundqvist, Shosturkin, and uh, Georgiev. It's almost like they cut out a player that was a just porous hole of a defenseman. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Stephen. Uh, they used to have this guy, Tony D'Angelo, as a joke. We started saying Tony D'Angelo because he doesn't really play defense, or he often gets walked on defense, or he has no good defense for any of his beliefs on Twitter. But the whole thing was he got waved, got into a whole incident with his uh, teammate uh, on Saturday. It was Alexander Georgiev. Uh, on ice miscommunication apparently led to some uh, unkind words. Uh, Tony D'Angelo got fucked up, and then he uh, got waived by his GM. Uh, whole thing was Jeff Gordon came out, said that Tony D'Angelo played his last game as a Ranger. So now we are still waiting for the end result of that whole incident. So we will not be seeing Tony D'Angelo this week. That's what I wanted to say. We talked about this last week on Fly Purbly as well. But uh, they will be without Tony D'Angelo on defense. They should be getting back. Brendan Smith, which is not nearly as exciting news as uh, as Anthony D'Angelo. But uh, team overall, Artemi Panarin has a team-high five goals and 15 points in 10 games. Ryan Strome with four, Kreider with four, and Bushnevich with three are the only other Rangers with more than two goals. So, again... There's a guy to worry about. <laughs> yeah. his, Artemi his Panarin name is, Artemi. is the guy. Yeah, that's, that's what you're going to have to worry about there. The oldest rookie to win the Calder in NHL history. <laughs> the tender age Shane's of 65 yeah, just breaking into the league he had 30 years of pro hockey under his belt but not in the nhl so he's a rookie here uh only he ranger on the double jets with shane doom <laughs> only ranger in double digit points artemi panarin one of six teams with only one player to break 10 points so far so again like i extracted that amazing hockey analysis to not let a veteran score i'm thinking the flyers I'm thinking they focus all their energies on trying to limit what Panera can do with the puck. Checks in the mail, baby. That's why they get paid. That's, <laughs> that's why they pay us the big bucks to really break down. That's why they pay us. That kind of analysis right there is exactly why it's you exactly should be why. <laughs> on the NBC Sports pregame show. Thank you. It's about time you finally just said it. You know, you, I've been, I was wondering how you felt. Thank Taryn, Al Morganti, <laughs> Hartsey. Just breaking it down, and, and Craig saying the important stuff like that Panarin guy. Don't let him score. Don't let Brad score. It's just me and Al Morganti, and I yell at him about old WIP like arguments that like the Flyers. Like I just yelled at him about Lindros's family, and like whether or not Ken <laughs> Mandeville should have been traded, and like all things like like just that's just me and Al Morganti. Al, can we talk show. about <laughs> Valerie Zelopukin? Can we talk about Zelopukin for a minute? <laughs> You're telling me this team doesn't need Dan Cordick again, Al? Get out of here. You're telling me Dan McGillis doesn't deserve more ice time? He's leading the league in hits right now, Al. I'll hang so up look out listen. for that. Me and my pal Al. Uh, that'll be out next week. Uh, that's the name of the show. Also, for the Rangers, Colin Blackwell, who was one of their offseason additions. Uh, last year, he had 10 points in 27 games for the Predators and also 23 points in 26 games for the Milwaukee Admirals, the Predators' AHL team. Uh, is day-to-day with an unfortunate case of UBI. Uh, he had three points in four games so far this season, but he has not played since January 30th uh, against the Penguins, which I believe is also the same date that Chris Kreider punched Tony D'Angelo 
in the face. Uh, the Rangers Ooh. also added... Uh, By the way, Colin of... Blackwell is best friends with Mackenzie Blackwood and their business partners, Well and Wood. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the Rangers... <laughs> So the Rangers, Rangers made some off-season moves. <laughs> yeah, they added a lot of other people besides whatever Steve just said. Uh, they added Alexis Lafreniere, who, uh, of course, went first overall in the 2020 NHL entry draft. He's the left winger at the QMJHL, who had 35 goals and 112 points in 52 appearances last year as captain of yeah. Rumushki Oceanic in the queue. Uh, he's got one goal so far, an OT winner against the Sabres in 10 games. Bust. Rangers have also added uh, Jack Johnson from uh, the Penguins. And, what, um, a, what an addition right there. <laughs> you're not going to believe it. It's not been great. Uh, zero points, right. five shots on goal, four penalty minutes, and minus four so far. Uh, he had been paired with Tony D'Angelo. Who knows who his D partner is going to be on Sunday? I mean, it doesn't matter because he's basically a black hole of defense that nobody can believe they signed. Hey, hey, well, there like that was, that was Christmas Day right there was when the Rangers said, that Jack Johnson guy? I, Bring him I up, pick him up. Yeah, I, I don't know what. I, I just can't believe that all all the fanfare around whether or not Jack Johnson should be in the NHL, and then another team in the division was like, "Bring him in. Let's see, let's see what he can do. Let's see. If, let's see what. Let's take a peek under the hood. Let's see what he's got." <laughs> it seems only fair then that the Penguins take Tony D'Angelo off of the Rangers' hands. No, I don't. Let's not. Obviously, let's not even joke about him. Go to the KHL. Yeah, go, go to the KHL. Leave us alone. CSK, Moscow, and Datsuk for calling. Go win some Gagarian Cup or some shit. So uh, Anthony Potato uh, is also also uh, joining the Rangers. He comes from the Jets, and he scored a goal, Stephen. I'm only bringing this up because he was their Nate Prosser this year. Uh, he had eight assists in 51 games for the Jets last year. Was supposed to be a practice squad guy this year for the Rangers, and you know what the Rangers defense looks like. Uh, snapped a 112-game goal drought uh, with one goal in two games so far this year. Last goal he scored in the NHL was November eighteenth, twenty seventeen. So, and I watched. I was watching the game when he scored. Did not think it was Anthony Potato with the puck because he did something very Anthony Potato, like not Anthony Potato. I mean, he took the puck from behind the net, circled it all the way out to the circles, and backhanded one through traffic. It in. It was the. It was one of the craziest shots I've ever seen from a run of the mill defenseman. So good for him. He'll probably get walked on Sunday. I love some Potato with espresso for dessert. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, Kevin Rooney, your friend. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep moving. My actual uh, Kevin friend, Ro- Kevin Rooney, not not the NHL player. Yeah, I do. I do remember. I don't know why I remember you telling me that he had a friend named Kevin Rooney because two years th- ago. Because there's no other. It's hockey. Because <laughs> this is the me. only time Kevin yeah. Rooney, the hockey player, has actually been relevant. Is the fact that I have a friend by the <laughs> same <your> name. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Rooney, not see his friend. Apparently, left the tri-state area though, because he left the Jersey uh, Jersey Devils and joined the Rangers. Nine points in 49 games for the Devils last year. Three points already in eight games, including two goals. Uh, the Rangers also added Keith Kincaid to the organization. We'll probably play for the Hartford Wolfpack. Johnny Prodzinski from the Sharks organization has already played a game for the Rangers. And then uh, Tony Greco, Anthony Greco uh, from the Sharks organization, a 27-year-old winger who I, I think was just born to play in New York. Uh, so in departures, they lost Henrik Lundqvist, we know, to the Rangers. Uh, Jesper Faust, which would be... I, t- to me, they're only real tangible loss because um, Lundqvist was getting old and they have Shosturkin on the way and their goaltending was bailing them out last year. But uh, Jesper Foss was an all right forward, bottom six forward that went to the Hurricanes. Uh, and then they Quickly also left. 
very quick. And of course, like I always say, when Jesper Foss gets a leg injury, it becomes Jesper Slough. Uh, Mark Stahl, by the way, was traded to the Red Wings uh, over the summer. And I just want to reiterate the trade. It's Stahl in a 2021 second to the Red Wings for future considerations. They literally got nothing in return and gave extra stuff up. So they didn't have to watch Mark Stahl play for them anymore. That's all good. But Mark then Stahl they brought now. Jack Johnson on. Yeah, and then they brought Jack. Yeah, so really, they just gave away a 2021 second for Fonzies. So uh, Greg McKegg left for the Bruins. Again, great name. Tragic. Gregory McKegory. Uh Michael Haley left for the Senators. Vinny Letary left for the Ducks organization. Lisa Anderson to the Kings. Boo Neves to the Lightning. Sean Day to Syracuse. The Bolts AHL team. Danny O'Regan. Uh, who cares? Stephen Fogarty. Who cares? Jeff Ruby from Hartford to the Ontario Reign. Don't really know what the Lions are going to look like out on uh, Sunday for the Flyers matchup, but this is what the Lions are right now, and some of these Lions have played uh, pretty well together so far this year. Uh, their top line is Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, and Pavel Buzhnevich, uh, which they have uh, two goals for, two goals against in 49 minutes, and have a 44.68 expected goals for percentage, so... Hopefully they push that line around at five and five. Uh, second line: Panarin, Ryan Strom, Capo Caco. Uh, and this line so far in twenty-four minutes of work, under forty course four percentage, barely above forty expected goals four percentage, two goals for one goal against. So again, that line might be benefiting from a little bit of luck, but still, it is Panarin. Can't Red really question. Man. Yeah, I mean that guy's just gonna kind of create wherever, amazing. whenever. Yeah. Uh, third line: Lafreniere. Brett Howden, Philip J. Giuseppe, watch out for this line. Zero goals in eight minutes together. And then the last line, uh, Brent Lemieux, Kevin Rooney, Julian Gauthier, uh, one goal against in 11 minutes. Uh, and they have uh, done a lot to win the shot, like overall shot attempt battle, but they, uh, they're getting handled in terms of quality chances pretty well. It's a weird team. Defensive, really weird fucking team. And I, it doesn't get any less weird on defense uh, because they've decided – to submarine Adam Fox's effectiveness by pairing him with Ryan Lindgren for the whole season. I don't know, going for the whole pro uh AMAC kind of chemistry going on. And uh, they have a 47.92 expected goals for percentage in 109 minutes. And also, so far, have outscored opponents 4-1 to at 5-5. Five five, so good for you, Adam Fox. Uh, Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba are giving the Rangers a somewhat decent second pair, which is annoying. Uh, five goals for, three goals against in 110 minutes and above a 51 expected goals for percentage. And then the final pair, which, as I like to always point out in the forecast, is the pair you should be looking to take advantage of. Uh, Libor Hayek and Potato, they have played all of uh, one game together. So inexperience and also Potato shouldn't really be in the NHL. Neither should Hayek either. Hopefully they are able to tee off on What a that. pairing. Pair, yeah, and again, that is that is with an improvement <laughs> to the blue line. Yeah, <laughs> just removing. Yeah, this could be especially beneficial for the Flyers if their bottom six shows up like they did in Washington on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. If whenever, yes, yes. I, I really don't know how to say that. Yeah, that is. Well, I mean, it's a, it, that's here. such yeah, a difference it's... maker for the Flyers right now because that's their their scoring depth, especially with Couturier back. That's where the Flyers really shine compared to some other teams when guys like Scott Lawton are, are scoring and JVR in his reduced mm-hmm. role, but you know, doing very well, whatever the yeah. hell they're doing with JVR, he's, he's killing it right now. And he's right. just got to yeah. keep doing that. And uh, 
I mean, it doesn't matter where you put Joel Farabee. He, I think he's going to produce the way he's been playing this year. But whoever on that third line needs to take advantage of that kind of pairing, whoever the, the lower in the lineup is. And if they can do that, I mean, I feel very confident in the Flyers winning that kind of game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the problem with the Rangers for the Flyers, if, if Sandheim is still out, is you're going to have to decide who. Do you want to put Pro Ralph Myers up against Panarin or Pro Ralph Myers up against their top line? That's the one bit of, of Panarin. lineup. Panarin. I would say Panarin, yeah. And then you kind of hope that Ghost and Braun handle Kreider's advantage and Bushnevich. Uh And again, it's going to be in New York, so they'll get last change. But, uh, I mean, they should beat they should beat the Rangers still. Uh, even with not, they don't have the atrocious uh, defensive numbers again this year. And uh, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, drama surrounding the team. They didn't really add too many, I guess, amazing uh, pieces in the offseason. But still... I think they're going to be a little more challenging than they were last year. Uh, and Tuesday's game, we uh, we already know what the Caps look like. And uh, it should be... We know what the Caps look like, and it's the Alex Ovechkin show. It has been that way for a decade plus. A minute, yeah. It will continue <laughs> to be that way for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the Rangers, the big thing is, I think they can take that top line. That top line's good. I wouldn't call them amazing by any stretch of the imagination. It's Panarin that worries me. Yeah, yeah, and and Panarin is, it, it's yeah, he's the one you, you just really got to worry about. Honestly, is like the main one. Like the other guys, I don't know. That, that top line is dangerous. You got to worry about like the top four, basically. Yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we'll see how uh, Av throws that one down. And again, it is nice that you do have your uh, your matchup came back, and you can yeah. just throw Katori out there again. So again, they could do that, just Katori against Panarin. Yeah, all about the coots at the end of the day. Now, Craig, the question is, who's going to be in net in these games? Well, we know Elliot is in net on Tuesday, apparently. That was according to uh, Sam Carcitti yesterday. Uh, so I, I don't think it's going to change now, even though they had the delayed, uh, or I mean the uh, postponed game. So Elliot should go Tuesday. And then uh, I'm going to guess should be Hart on Sunday, right? I don't know why it wouldn't be Hart. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, and then... Um, the Caps have a regular uh, schedule as well. They played Flyers on Sunday, Flyers on Tuesday, and then they're supposed to visit uh, the Sabres for a back-to-back on starting on Thursday, but the Sabres had their games canceled today as well. So no back-to-backs or anything for the Caps to worry about. And uh, Vidic Vanacek is now up to 5-2-2 two, two with a 9.03 save percentage and 3.18 GAA in 10 games this season. He was pulled 36-36 in the Sunday's uh, game after he allowed four goals on 14 shots against. Again, a lot of number. I don't think the numbers were really bad. I don't think the numbers were quite as indicative as what the hell happened on the ice, if that makes sense. I think the Flyers definitely could have played a lot better. Yeah, I think the Flyers could play a little more, like a little cleaner, a little better. But it did not, it felt like they're going to outplay not double up in shots, though. I guess is one way to put it, but uh, Craig Anderson uh, will probably be the no, I yeah, we'll be the backup for Tuesday. Sorry, or he should be the backup to Sansonov isn't back. Uh, Anderson in his first action since March 11th uh, as a center, he stopped six of eight shots in the third period, and then uh, for Samson Samsonov, if he does play, he's only played two games this year and hasn't played since January. 17th so i mean i'll take a rusty samson off uh who just had to deal with covid uh but i'm sure they're just gonna hold him out it didn't seem to help them check whoever was in goal on sunday it did not seem to help them because they used both goalies 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and Vanacek is like, I think he's been, I thought he was doing fine this year, but apparently not. And even Sunday, he did not look, uh, he did not look great. But uh, Rangers schedule, they uh, host a back-to-back against the Bruins on Wednesday and Friday. And then they um, have the Flyers game on Sunday. They have a, a normal schedule. So again, not trying to anticipate any kind of back-to-back for them. Uh, and they'll be rolling with Igor Shosturkin, who's 3-2-1 with a 9-13 save percentage and 2.35 GAA in seven games. He's our starter. He's supposed to be the next great goaltending uh, prize. He does not have a shot this year. Their backup, Yorgiev, does, even though he is 1-2-1 with an 8-86 save percentage. Uh, but he does have a shutout in four games this year, so uh, go figure that one out. But... Um, yeah, that's uh that's the goaltending. I think um Elliot Tuesday, hard on Sunday. I think we see Vanacek, and I think we see Shusterkin. Shusterkin? Shusterkin. Well, now that we know who's probably going to be in net, at least our best guess is at the matter, let's take a look back at the players of the week from the previous week and who we are picking for this week. And I am the chump of the week this time. <laughs> yes! Yes! Craig kicked my ass with player of the week this time. It, it, this is unprecedented in the history of the forecast. Craig thoroughly whooped my ass here. I had Travis Konechny. Craig had Scott Lawton, who had four Sweet. points, an assist against the Bruins in those two games, but then he had a hat trick, his first ever hat trick against the Washington Capitals, or at least first NHL hat trick. Unbelievable performance from scott lawton on sunday oh, and okay. uh great pick by craig Forsyth. thank you yes i was gonna say scooty lutes with the hat trick the boot and uh i completely Ooh, forgot about like this that. pick, but i like whatever. that it. I'm, I'm gonna take credit for it i nailed it uh you I nailed it believe... tk yeah. did jack shit the jerk store was not. shut down <laughs> who knows when it's gonna reopen uh hopefully soon but nothing from travis connecty which is it's just tragic, but Scott Lawton, Scooty Lutz, the psycho killer himself with a, a tremendous game against the <laughs> Washington Capitals and showing uh, great chemistry <laughs> with the bees and JVR, the trash man, the trash man. Yeah, that's a good, I like that meme. That's uh JVR is getting a lot of meme love. Uh, Ian's office bit and the, uh, the trash man. It's uh he's, he's doing well. He's regaining his, uh, well, it he's makes getting me, popularity among the fan base, maybe. It yeah. makes me so, I think he's more popular now than he was in his first I, I run entirely. That's what I was saying. I don't think he was, I think he was hated the first time around. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was never loved. No, not at all. But he keeps scoring at a gajillion points per game pace. And, uh, yeah, Philly might love you soon. You get 100 points in a 56-game season. Scoring goals like he did. Against the Caps, that that one oh, that he, uh, oh, God, the one yeah. goal he potted in that game was a hell a of a shot. Very easy one, just putting in a rebound. Didn't do that wasn't skill at all. That wasn't a just very shooting it over the goalie's nice shoulder. No big deal. Just yeah, no big just, deal to me. That. Yeah, fucking pigeon. Oh my God, Craig, I'm gonna give you first crack this week because you. Oh, is that how it works? Victorious. <laughs> it never... is not, but I'm giving you first crack. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm not used to it. This is the first time I've won, so I, uh, fuck. I gotta think of somebody now. Actually, if if you're not sure, I I have a I have a pick. Yeah, you go ahead. I am going with a man who just celebrated his 900th game. 900th okay. game, right? That's what it was. Mm-hmm. 900, yeah, 900th. 900th, 900th NHL, NHL game. game. The yeah, Jesus. Longest tenured 
captain in Flyers history, which is just absurd. I can't believe this is like actually. I can't believe that it's it's insane. It's insane how many games we've watched Claude Giroux as captain of the Flyers. It's but good. Claude Giroux is my pick for player of the week. And I I know the captain hasn't put up much in terms of goals or really like flashy numbers, but I, I think this is a guy who's really going to benefit from the return of Sean Couturier to the lineup and adding that depth. I mean, he's put up points. He just hasn't put up goals per se, which is a very Claude Giroux thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just expecting a nice week from the captain here. All right. Yeah, that no, that's a very good selection. And uh, I'm trying... See, I'm trying to think of if I want... I'm leaning Nolan Patrick, but that's based on the fact that I have that bad feeling. Like, there's a, I think there's a non-zero chance he, there's going to be some kind of dumb lineup decision made about him on uh, Tuesday. Whether that's he's scratched and they go 11-7, and seven, or he's swapped out for Bunneman, or I mean, at least he's he just Patrick on the fourth line. line. Yeah. Okay, you are on fire for this Flyers podcast, by the way. Do you know you've got like five of those in? <laughs> That's like the third time I just didn't even know what to say. I mean, I can't. You're on. You're I can't on believe. Heater. I mean, I just can't believe how quickly it's already come to Torts benching Line A for a period controversially believe, oh in Columbus. He's been there for like a week, not even. That is, I like. What's the fucking dialogue now? Like. This was talking about last. We were talking about this last week. I ran. I, we rattled off all the dudes that got traded or just left Columbus for reasons, and now you know Lionel might have a reason not to sign an extension at the end of the year. So it's fucking it's, amazing. Who could have uh, predicted that? Yeah, who could have seen it coming? I'm going with Nolan Patrick though, because uh, he can't be. He can't play any worse than he's been playing. I shouldn't say he's not playing bad. He can't produce any less than he's been producing no points barely any shots on go over the last six games or so he's got to pick it up i'm i'm gonna say yeah i'm saying he's got nowhere to go but up and maybe uh you know he is put on the fourth line for that tuesday game and then he comes out guns a blazing on sunday and gets a hat trick so who knows maybe uh maybe it's patrick's week that's where i'm going all right i went with the nice logical choice last week a lot and it paid off so this week i'm gonna go in the exact opposite direction and see where that leads me <laughs> hey man Let's wherever the roller coaster takes you that's <laughs> that's what matters it's, it's not about the destination it's about the friends we made mm. along the way you're so wise Steve. you, you know, that you know? That? <laughs> <laughs> all the time all the time <laughs> all right friends we've made along the way that's all we got for you and it's been plenty if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Greg at Sports Are Bad. That's right. Uh, I am doing the preview for the Caps game, where I'll fly probably out later in the week, and I am I'm going to try and do uh, some give breakdowns on articles. Again, I'm not going to actually say the article. I'm not going to throw the actual article ideas out into this space because whenever I do that, I apparently don't want to write those articles. So I'm just going to keep them. Bottle up inside, and then I will write them over the next couple of days and get them out. Just like us Irish do with our emotions, keep it mm. bottled up inside and then have hey. it explode out. I mean, I'm six foot three red hair. I'm not really trying to lie about the Irish part, you know? It's all <laughs> it's all pretty much right there in front of you. So, yep. Hey, man. And then I, what, I know. Yeah. I know how it is. I know how it is. <laughs> Kelvin and me knows. All right, Craig, is it sports or bad? I am at Flyperbole or at Estebaum. If you want to tweet about hockey and read tweets about hockey, it's Flyperbole. Make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Listen to our many great podcast offerings on Broad Street Hockey. We have so many of them. Everybody's killing it. Great crew. All right, folks, that's all we got for you. 
wear your damn masks for the love of God. It's rough out there. Please protect yourselves. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey.